Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Purpose Podcast. My name is Haas Rauscher. The goal of this podcast is to help men find and fulfill their purpose. I'm going to try to help them be good, strong leaders, good, strong men, good male role models in their communities. I'm going to do that by having conversations. I'm going to invite guests on. I'm going to ask our guests, what is your purpose? What do you think your purpose ought to be? How did you find that purpose? And what do you do every single day? How do you get up, get after it, and go and fulfill that purpose? So today we had a... So today we had a little bit of an issue uh, getting a guest in. Not really an issue, I guess, and it wasn't just today. I've been doing well getting y'all guests and trying to um, bring you new different content and you know, exactly what I'm supposed to do is get people on here to talk. Uh, it's still pretty hard. Um, you know, a lot of people don't know who I am. Uh, it's hard to get DMs answered sometimes. And I've been trying to get creative, find different guests that I think would bring value to y'all. Um, it has been difficult. So we will have a guest on next week, but we're still in those growth stages to where it might just be me sitting here talking. Um, so apologize for that, but, um, you know, we're doing it on the book club and, uh, hopefully I have something that I can, <laughs> uh, offer you today that is of benefit. Um, I knew that I was going to have to do this alone since probably about Tuesday. I thought I was going to have a guest lined up, didn't really make it happen. Um, and so since about Tuesday, I, I knew I was going to be doing this alone and I'm sitting here on Sunday morning, the day the podcast is supposed to release. Uh, and, uh, Yeah, I've had a lot go on in the past two weeks, and I kept trying to find like a central topic to talk about. You know, one of the big ones that I remember one of the first episodes that I did was uh, finding freedom and fault. And I was able to sit down, write that out, uh, not like a script, but write down my thoughts and really take and and express them, you know, through a mic to y'all. I knew what I was going to talk about for a week, but man, I have been scratching my head since Tuesday. Um, trying to figure out what to share with y'all. I've had so many different odd things happen in the past two weeks that I wanted to talk about, and I could never come up with a central idea. So I think I'm just going to use the shotgun approach. I have a couple, I have three things written down here, literally on a letter uh, that I thought would be kind of cool to talk about. Um, One of them, I've got friends, passion, and then foot on gas pedal. So that's what we're going to get into, guys. Um, a little bit of an information, uh, brief. We are going to be starting meditations on February 1st. That'll be, uh, Wednesday for the purpose book club. I think you're going to get, that one's probably going to be a longer book club episode because I want to, I want to wrap up Jocko. I, I kind of missed an opportunity to do a little bit of of a wrap up on leadership strategy and tactics and, um, give kind of like a summary of the book. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and do that on the first, and then we're going to hop into meditations, let you know how I'm going to review meditations. It's going to be interesting, um, (laughs) how we get that review done. Um, but I think it'll be good. Meditations is, it's a good book. It's got a lot of good stuff in it. If you can read it correctly and I'll talk about how to read it correctly. Um, talk about the things that I thought were important in the book and we'll start that on February 1st. After that, come March, it's going to be Blood Meridian. That is going to be a fun one. I am in the middle of the book right now, probably three quarters of the way through the book, and it is really good. I mean, I really enjoy it. Um, Trying to, it's, 
I will warn you, it's deep. Um, it's as deep as it is long. It's, um, yeah. So read it with intent. Um, if you haven't started reading it yet, take this note and, uh, well, if, even if you have, take this and, and use it. Read every single word as if it means something. It doesn't all have to mean, it doesn't all have to have the deepest of meaning, but read slowly, understand every word. If there's something that you don't like, that you don't immediately know what it is, is there something that you don't go, oh yes, I recognize this word or this phrase or why he's saying this, look it up and research it. Um, because there are some important factors on the first page um, that really, really change um, the lookout on the book. So on the first page, if you don't know exactly what something is or a phrase doesn't make sense, look it up. Um, and th- this is how we're going to have to read Blood Meridian. It's how we're going to have to read a, a couple of them. And I promise you it will be of benefit. You're going to understand things that you didn't understand before. You're going to um, have realizations that you didn't realize before, hopefully, if you read it correctly. And I know it's difficult, and this is <laughs> probably not the the best first book to do this on. Um, probably should have chose Huck Finn or something like that. I don't know. Um, but we're going to do it, and we're going to do it right. It's something that not everybody is doing. Uh, especially for the everyday common listener. Um, and I think you guys can do it. I believe in y'all. Get the book, read it, get something out of it. So that's all I've got for information, I think. Um, oh, yeah, guys, if you do, if you have Instagram, go like and follow me on Instagram if you don't mind. Just, just give me a follow and share my stuff. If you don't mind, if you believe what I'm, if you believe in what I'm doing here, don't do it. If you don't enjoy what I'm doing here, but if you do enjoy what I'm doing, go give me a follow on Instagram. Um, and let me know kind of what you think, uh, if my Instagram could be done any better, what differences you want to see. Um, my at is the underscore purpose podcast. So, Go search that up. Give me a follow. Um, when I share like book, uh, not the book reviews, but like podcast posts and things like that. If you don't mind sharing them on your story, you've got different friends than I do. Somebody may be interested. Like I said, especially if you believe in what I'm doing here and you believe in my mission. So that's it for information. Um, we're going to start with the first little, uh, note scratched onto my envelope and that is friends. So, I'm reckoning that a lot of you probably don't, probably aren't the way that I am. And so I'm going to be talking to myself um, a little bit here. And I hope it's of benefit to at least one of you. Um, that's, yeah, I think that's what I'm going to do. I kind of had this realization and it's been brewing for a little bit that, uh, how do I, how do I put this? Um, there are definitely, I know it's not a, astounding realization, but there are different styles of friendship. And I tend to, when I find a friend, um, I tend to want to make them my best friend day two, like day two. I'm like, okay, we're friends now. It's time to be my best friend. Um, I'm a super loyal guy, or at least I think I am. If I'm not somebody, let me know. But, uh, Super loyal to my friends. I, you know, every friend is my brother. Um, 
really, really try to put a lot into my friendships and into my personal relationships. And that's just not in the cards for some people. And I need to, I need to be better at coming to that realization and being okay with the fact that not everybody is going to be my best friend. That just because I like somebody and get along with somebody and uh, I think they could be my best friend, that's not always in the cards for them. And, and they may not, um, that may not be how they view friendship. You may be a really, really good friend of theirs. Um, and it's just not compatible with what your idea of best friend is like. And for me, that used to really, um, that used to really upset me because I thought everybody's form of friendship was somewhat close. It's, it's the movie. It's, it's the buddy cop form of friendship where we hang out every day and we talk and, um, we discuss ideas and we're all chummy and, and we're just best friends for life. That's, that's what I thought that friendship was and friendship is. And I still think that for a lot of people, uh, that's the way friendship is. I think that, or not a lot of people, I think that, I think that that's the way that a lot of friendship should be is that I think if you're going to seek out a friend and not an acquaintance, you should develop a deep personal connection with this person, understand them and try to move through life by their side, getting their back, um, supporting them, hanging out with them, uh, you know, doing things that what people generally think friends do. And for some reason, I don't, I don't know why, but a lot of people don't do that. And it may just be the time expenditure that, um, people don't have the time to maintain those relationships. That may be it. Uh, I am known to, uh, ruin a schedule for the sake of, of hanging out with friends. I do that very often. Um, and sometimes, sometimes it's like, I don't even mean to, or, uh, it's, it's a very impulse decision sometimes. Like on Sunday, uh, I'll be like, oh man, yeah, I'm kind of bored right now at 10 AM, even though I've got a whole day worth of shit going on and I'll call somebody and I'm like, Hey, you want to come over for dinner? And they're like, yeah. Okay. Well, I just committed to like three hours of my time, uh, and cooking dinner for, <laughs> for somebody else, uh, that we really didn't have time for, or that I wasn't even sure that like, that was exactly what I wanted to do. Um, but I value my, my personal relationships on such a level that it's, it's just a no brainer for me. Like, oh, hey, we've got a free evening that we can cook dinner for one of our friends. We're going to do it. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. Um, and Ellen most of the time, is down with that. <laughs> there aren't a lot of times that she'll get home from work on a Sunday at 2, and she's like, I am just so excited to just sit here and chill with you and watch a movie and have a quiet evening. And I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I just invited six people to our house, so... I apologize about that. <laughs> and she's typically okay with it. I mean, she likes hanging out with friends too, but um, that's that's just the way I am. I love cooking for people. I love hanging out with people and, and developing uh, personal relationships. I'm not always the best at it, but it's what I like to do. Uh, and I, I would reckon that at least a few of you out there are, are the same way. Um, what I've had to learn is that people are not like that. There, there are people, and I know some of you have been telling me this for years upon years. I get it. Yeah, I should have come to the conclusion quicker. This is not a groundbreaking um, news headline. It's Yeah, I get it. But I just want to reiterate for somebody that may be struggling like me is that there are some people that just won't talk to you for six months. And 
everything is okay to them. Um, and uh, okay, it should be, um, you know, everything is okay, but I need, I need to be okay with that, not be upset with them. Uh, I, I think that's my point is, is don't be upset with them because I thought they were, they were the type to keep in contact all the time. So I need to modify my expectations personally. And if you, if you're anything like me, this is just a double check for you to modify your expectations and understand that some people are just not like that. And you may, especially in their mind, you may still be really, really good friends, but understand that there are levels of friendship that, and levels of camaraderie, uh, that, that people are not looking to hold with everybody else. Um, people truly have tier systems in, in the way that they organize their friendships and they say, okay, well, this person is in tier one, this person is in tier two, this person is in tier three. Um, for me, I, I haven't really figured that system out yet. I don't know if there is a system and I don't know that it's a good thing, but what I'm working on right now is coming to the realization that people do this. Um, and people organize their friends in, in level of importance and level of, uh, you know, desire to talk to them, I guess, and desire to, uh, to hang out with them and develop a relationship. And I'm working on, on being okay with that, coming to that realization because I'm not like that. I, I don't think I am. Uh, I have friends that I talk to occasionally, friends that I don't talk to occasionally, but typically I don't know that I consider them as part of my friend group. I consider them like acquaintances, the people I know, you know what I mean? Yeah, I like them. They're cool you know, whatever, but I don't know that they're part of my friend group if I don't talk to them regularly. And I don't know why I'm like that. I don't know if it's a good thing. I don't know if it's a bad thing. But again, just trying for me, what I'm working on recently is trying to come to the understanding that it's okay for other people to do that and not to like hold grudges or be upset uh, when, when they have that tendency or when that's what they want to do. And I know it sounds childish to be, you know, upset that somebody hasn't talked to me in three months. It's like, well, yeah, dude, we're all adults. They've got their lives going on. But, um, how would you feel if, you know, your own, I'm not saying my brother, but how would you feel if you were really close to your brother? You thought some, like you, you thought you were really close to your brother and six months went by and they never said anything that ruins families sometimes like that ruins families sometimes. So, um, yeah, it's generally a miss. It's literally a miscommunication. Um, it's literally a miscommunication of intentions to where I don't understand that their, their intentions are not to ignore, um, our friendship or to deliberately, um, downgrade our friendship by not speaking or not interacting. It's just because that's not the way they're wired. You know, friendship and personal relationships are not at the front of their brain. They've got something else there and they'll get back to the friendship when they get back to the friendship. And I, I need to be okay with that. It doesn't, doesn't make my importance in their, in their, um, hierarchy any less. And so that's what I'm working on. Now, there's what we call a dichotomy to every situation. Um, there, there is a dichotomy to every situation. Jocko talks about this. And to the other people, to the people who think that friendship is, that there is just an understanding of friendship that um, if you say you're friends, that means you're friends and you never have to reinforce that with any, with anything else. 
that if you say, oh yeah, my best friend from high school, uh, we don't, we're still best friends, but we don't talk to each other for, you know, six months. If both of you are like that, then okay, I can see that. But understand, again, this thing that not everybody views friendship the same way. In order to develop a personal relationship, you have to give a little bit. And this is, this is what I'm trying to do on my end is, is give a little bit. Understand that, uh, Jonah is not going to talk to me daily. I, Jonah, absolutely one of my best friends. I've got a few and, uh, Jonah, I will love that man forever. I mean, I mean, literally, I don't know that there's much he could do, uh, to ruin, um, our friendship or to make me see him in a negative light. I don't know that there's much really. I, now I have principles and, there are a few ways that he could, he could make it happen, but, um, he could not talk to me for a year and he could come back and, and be like, Oh, Hey, you know, this, this happened. And I just got off track and, uh, you know, what's up, man? Uh, number one, I know he wouldn't do that. Uh, Jonah's, Jonah's cycle, I guess we'll call it a cycle. That's funny. Uh, Jonah's cycle is about like two weeks. If we just don't talk for about two weeks, then he'll call. My buddy Max, one of my best friends, his is probably about a month. He's super, super busy in flight school. Um, he's going to be a pilot 100%. I, I, I love the dude to death. Um, he and I don't see eye to eye on everything. Uh, there are a lot of times that we'll call for a, uh, like just a checkup call, a check-in call, and uh, we'll end up arguing for like an hour, and then I just leave the conversation pissed off, and I'm like, damn it, Max, and then a month later, he'll call back, or I'll call him and, uh, we'll be fine. And so, um, I've been working on the, on the realization that people have these different cadences and what they view as, um, what they view as an ongoing friendship. Uh, again, on the other side of that, I'm trying to give a little bit in that realm because when I haven't talked to Jonah for a week, it does, I'm like, man, I really need to talk. Like, I, I feel like he's not my brother anymore because I haven't talked to him in that long. I don't, I don't want to talk to my own brother that, that often. So, you know, I don't know what that says, but, <laughs> um, I feel like I'm, man, he's just that, that connection isn't as deep as what I thought it was when he hasn't talked to me in a week. And then, you know, two weeks later, I'm, I'm trying to give a little bit and come to the understanding that it is because he's super, super busy and, you know, he doesn't want to be on his phone all the time. He doesn't have the socials 24-7 and he just, we're still good. We're still good. I'm trying to give a little bit. On the other side of that coin, you need to give a little bit too. Um, I have one friend that I call and... uh Every time I call him, if he even picks up the phone, and I'm not going to say who it is, but it sounds like he's answering like a telemarketer or <laughs> like a collection agency. And I don't know if he means it like that. I don't know if he just absolutely hates phone calls. Um, getting him to call me back is like hell. Um, it's just like that. But if you're on the other end of that spectrum, understand, coming, coming from my point of view, understand my point of view uh, in the fact that this is the way I think friendship is supposed to be is that we call each other. We talk to each other. We develop personal relationships. We hang out more than once a month. You know, I like to generally see my friends and hang out not more than once a month, but at least like once a month, like once a month, we're going to go and we're going to do something. We're going to do dinner. We're going to go on a hike. This is what we're going to do. Um, understand that if you still have to give a little bit in that other direction. And I think that's where our society or whatever the hell you want to call it, um, has downgraded friendship and quote unquote small B brotherhood, uh, into just 
a collection of acquaintances that you talk and drink beer with occasionally. And then the very moment that you have a family or a kid or anything like that, that it absolutely 100% goes away. And that's how we lose a lot of our personally. I think that's how we lose a lot of our societal values. And that's how societies get um, destroyed and broken up is because you have to focus on the family. That is essential. You have to build good families, but you also have to build good communities. It's, it's, it's one in the same. Like, yeah, focus on your family, teach your family, family values. But if you don't have good communities, uh, then you have nobody else to rally with when your family is under attack. Uh, and that's exactly, I think personally, what's happening in the United States today is when you're seeing, um, just the destruction of any sort of family and community values, uh, because we're all tied to this, we're, we're all tied to the cell phone or the TV and we don't develop any deep personal connections, especially outside of our family. A lot of people have trouble developing deep personal connections inside their family. A lot of dudes can't talk to their kids. 100%. Like I, I get that. Spend time with your family, spend time with your kids, but reach out and develop these personal connections, uh, in your community and understand. And I'm not saying in your immediate community, this can be over a cell phone. I have friends, uh, the longest one away that I haven't talked to him and for fuck long ever for some reason, but, uh, like 27 hours away, um, 27 hour drive. Uh, I've got cousins up in Wyoming. It's like a 14 hour drive. Like your community does not have to be your immediate surroundings. It doesn't have to just be in your church community. If you go to church, um, preferably not that way, preferably you have a large community, uh, that you can get, how do I, how do I say this? You know, preferably you have, we are a country. And so preferably your community extends to, to the point of like across the country, develop relationships with people. Um, and if you're getting out, going outside, touching grass, you'll have the opportunity to do that. And it it can only benefit because right now I do think that a lot of our values, especially if you're listening to this podcast, if, (laughs) if this is not your first episode of listening to this podcast and you're coming back, um, I can guarantee you that at least one of your values is under attack. Um, if you listen to this podcast and you said, Hey, I like that. And you're coming back for a second episode. One of your values is under attack right now in, in the United States and the world today. Um, whether that be, you know, ownership, honesty, um, selflessness, like whatever your, your values are, uh, they are under attack Christianity. So the way we actually stop this, and I think this is why I'm so big on developing personal relationships is by developing a community and presenting a strong front for our values. And the last thing I want to say, um, I guess on the topic is that, um, relationships, Again, I'm going to express this from my end of the spectrum. Relationships are not always the way that you think they are. This is a, this is a double-sided coin. I can sit in here and be looking at one side of the coin, and it's not the same way on the other side. So for me, again, Jonah, I may think that Jonah's pissed at me because he hasn't talked to me in three weeks or whatever. Um, I need to confirm that with him. Like, I need to talk to him about that. I need to go to him and be like, hey, man, are we still cool? And he's going to be like, hell yeah, brother. You know, I don't know how he talks, but I'm not even going to do it. I'll get canceled. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> I'm not even going to try to mock Jonah. Um, but he'll, he'll be like, yeah, man, we're cool. We're straight. 
and I'll say, okay, cool. Okay, cool. You know, and then I can, I can calm down a little bit. You know, he's not pissed. He's just busy on the other end of that spectrum. If you haven't talked to somebody in six months, um, I feel like in, in, in our society, um, they think that that's the status quo. Like, oh, we haven't talked in forever. That's fine. You know what I mean? Like we're still just as cool as the day that we hung up the phone six months ago. That's not true for everybody. There are people like me and I'm working on it. I promise I'm working on it. But if you haven't talked to them in a week, uh, if you've left one text message hanging or two text messages hanging, um, they're like, oh man, I wonder if he's like upset. You know, I wonder if he's, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Like I, I want to keep developing that personal relationship. Understand that there are people on the other side of that equation. And I'm not saying that they're right hundred percent of the time. Me, I'm not right hundred percent of the time. I'm working on that, working on understanding that the world doesn't revolve around me and that, uh, people have their own lives and that my friendship is not at the forefront of their brain. Um, completely get that you on the other hand, the person I'm talking to understand that there are people like me and that you need to give a little bit too. I don't care if, you know, they called you and you don't have time to pick up the call. You're still friends or whatever. Call them back. <laughs> call them back and give a little bit. Tell them, hey, man, I don't have a lot of time. What's up? You know, just catch up. Like, it, it's it's not that hard. It's, it's really not. Um, and what... What I think I'm most struggling with is, uh, it is what you, if, if you're neglecting your friendships because of time, um, understand that you have a set amount of time in the day. Okay. And the reason that you think you don't have time is because you've placed other priorities on top of one another. And I get that. That's perfectly fine. I don't always have time for my friends. Okay. I don't. There are times that my friends call, um, or, send me a joke or whatever, um, send me an Instagram reel, which I'm the worst about, but send me an Instagram reel and I don't have time to go through it and reply, you know, because I've prioritized other things above that relationship at the moment. But just understand that that, that is what you're doing, okay? When you think, oh man, I should text that person, but it's fine. Or you don't even think about that friendship for three weeks. You don't even think about that person for three weeks. Understand that it's because your priorities that you have at the moment are at a higher level than what that friendship is to you. Okay. I, and this is on a daily level. This is 100% true. Okay. Um, think about this in terms of, well, how do I want to, how do I want to say this? Um, I mean, I mean, it is just true. If that friendship was the utmost highest level priority for you and it was the most important thing in your life, then you would address it um, daily. It would be the first thing you did every day. Okay. Like kissing your wife goodbye when you walk out the door. And I'm not saying all your friendships should be. I'm just saying that this, this makes the statement true that if you haven't talked to your friends in six months, that's because you've had six months worth of priorities that are above that friendship. Okay. And you may say, oh, well, no, they still mean a lot to me. They still mean a lot to me. Okay. Well, they may still mean a lot, but it's not a priority. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, these are the facts. There's no other way to shake that out. You can't say, oh, well, that's just the way we are. Okay. Well, then both of you have priorities that are above, uh, building that relationship and maintaining it. And that's fine. 
That's okay. I'm not saying, especially if you were my friend on the other end listening to this, I'm not saying that you have to talk to me daily. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is understand that you are choosing other priorities over that friendship. And so when it comes to three months of not having talked to somebody (laughs) and you think, oh yeah, we're probably still good, understand that that person may not think that. That person may have may have had at least before the three the three months of, of not talking may have had your friendship on a higher priority level and uh, and is really disappointed because they think that 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 friendship isn't on the same priority level for you and it may not be and that's fine and they need to come to terms with that but you need to give a little bit especially if you want to keep your friend um I think that's really all I've got to say on it again a lot of stuff that just happened in the past couple of weeks that and I don't I mean, I guess I just did it, but I don't really want to be the guy that comes on just because I've got a mic and a few people that listen that just comes and pours my heart out and, you know, all the shit that's happened to me over the past couple months and talk about it. And uh, it's not really what I want to do, but I do think it is important for people to understand, um, especially on my end of the spectrum, because I, I think it's uh, it's a little bit more egregious to be on my end and to hold people to expectations that they may not know that you have. Um, I think I'm in the wrong more, uh, especially more than what I want to admit, but more than probably the other people. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's probably true that it's probably my problem more than it is other people's problem. Uh, and that is consistent with Jocko, but, uh, yeah, I, it's, it's not fair to expect them to conversate daily or to hold myself in such a high priority level. It's not fair. Just because I hold them at that priority level or hold all of my friendships at that priority level, that means that I probably need to reprioritize a little bit um, and not hold them to that expectations. Friends on the other side, if you haven't talked to your friends in six months, uh, start asking questions of yourself and understand why you haven't um, and you know, reach out to that friend and make sure you've still got one at that point. Uh, because it means, it means different things for some people. So that's all I have to say on that. I think, um, I think I said plenty, probably a little bit too much. The horse is probably beaten beyond death. Um, let's see next on my envelope is passion. Yeah. I, I I do want to talk about this because, uh, I don't know. I found this, um, what, what do I mean by passion? So, when you get into, as we become adults, I know a lot of you are my age, some of you are older than me, some of you are younger, but a lot of you are my age, and as we've started becoming adults, it's it's interesting to me to see what people work on, what, what they spend the majority of their day doing, um, and that turns into what they spend the majority of their year doing what they spend the majority of their next three years doing. And most of that is their job. It's the way they make money. It's, it's, um, it's what they do for a living. Um, and I'm just finding it interesting that, um, there is a difference in what comes easy and what comes natural and maybe what you think your passion is. And I'm going to work through this, guys. I'm sorry, I don't have very refined thoughts. If you're looking for refined thoughts and um, easy flow, I guess shut it off now. But uh, 
I just see people that go into careers like myself, um, this project management thing that I'm doing to where it's the easy route. Um, engineering. I've seen people go into engineering because it's the easy route. They think it might be fun. It comes naturally to them. Not really comes naturally. No, because that's my other topic on, on passion. It doesn't necessarily come naturally. It's just what's most immediate and what they, what they can grab at the easiest. So when they're looking at their list of majors, um, they know it's going to be hard. They know that, you know, engineering is going to be hard. Uh, but they also know that getting out of school, it's going to be the easiest to go and make some money. Um, so what, what do they do? They, they go into engineering and then they're looking up after they graduate, they go get a job and every single day they go and they spend most of their time doing engineering. And to me, from the outside looking in and my own life, it's not immediately apparent that just because um, we've had our sights set on something for a long time now, that that's actually our passion or actually what we're supposed to be doing. Um, that's kind of the conclusion I've come to. And I think that people, I don't know if people ever come to the realization, they may think it sucks, but they may think it's just their job. It's not the, it's not the engineering that sucks. Um, it's just their job. It's not the, uh, it's not the biology that sucks or, um, the physical therapy or whatever it is, the welding. It's not just that that sucks. Um, it, it's not that that sucks. It's just the job. It's the people that they work with. So they'll be miserable. And in my opinion, people stay miserable in certain jobs for far too long. Um, I'm sorry, but if you're not happy, if you've done everything you can and you're not happy after a year or two, uh, probably time to move on. I mean, it's yes, you can be a leader. You can follow Jocko leadership strategy and tactics and make things better. But uh, there's just a certain level of you got to back up, punt, go do something different. Um, but they never really think that it might be the career choice that they've made. It might just be the fact that they're not going to like engineering at any place. And after five, ten years of, of trying to make it work, they're stuck. They have this sunken cost fallacy to where they're not going to make as much money going and doing something else. And trust me, I'm there. I'm not, I'm not talking to anybody but myself right now. Um, they're not going to make as much money going and doing something else. They've got to pay the bills. They've got a wife, they've got a kid, um, whatever. And they're stuck. They're stuck. Um, and it really sucks to see. Um, then you've got people on the other side of that spectrum to where what they think is their passion. They're so passionate about doing this they're just not good at it. <laughs> they're just not good at it. And they're going to beat their head into a brick wall um, until I don't know what happens. I haven't really been alive long enough to see one of those people quit or fail or, or whatever. Um, but it, it just, it doesn't work for them. It doesn't work for them. Um, think of the person that is, that wants to start a band. Um, that's trying to do, trying to sing and they're just not good at it. They're not good at writing songs. Uh, their voice is okay. I mean, yeah, it was good enough for everybody to clap and smile at church group because they could sing halfway decent. Um, but they just don't have the talent and the artistic nature to take it to where they want to take it to. Um, so I've been trying to work out what it means to truly have a passion and maybe a purpose. This, this might morph into a purpose, but, 
um, where I see people really succeed and where I've seen myself um, succeed is when it you're good at it, when you're good at it naturally and you truly enjoy doing it. Um, I think that is the sweet spot and the level of criteria. So, for example, um, I had a business started a business where we were teaching, um, like concealed carry stuff, basic firearm safety, concealed carry. Cause I was really passionate about it. I, I carry a gun literally everywhere I go. If I can't carry a gun, I don't go. There's very, very few exceptions. And those exceptions are mostly mandated by law. And there are more people with guns there than, than, you know, like there's other people with guns there that keep us safe. So, well, you know, government, but, uh, so like, I'm super passionate about it. I thought it was always what I wanted to do. The It's kind of like the engineering example that I gave earlier, which is also I'm in a position for. Um, but I was super passionate about it. So created this business, spent a lot of money, beat my head into a brick wall until it, 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 it trying to make it work. Um, got a buddy to go into business with me. Um, it was difficult because I had to um, work things out and, and, how do I say it? it? It was like pushing a sled uphill uh, the whole time, but I really, really thought it was what I was supposed to be doing. Um, got it going, got everything going, and the people just didn't come. Like they, they just didn't come to classes. It just didn't work. I tried to get out, tried to get people to come to classes, and a lot of people, even in the business world, are going to say, "We've well, got to hammer down. You got to hammer down. You got to hammer down. Um, just keep trying, keep grinding, keep grinding, keep grinding." Uh, go do this, go to this class, go do this, uh, offer this different service. And I get that. Um, I do get that. And if you really, really think that's your passion, there are ways to make it work. But, and I, I was decent at it. It just didn't really come naturally and I didn't see success at it. So, um, maybe I, I thought I was good at what I was doing, but I wasn't getting, almost any sort of success out of it. It was people that, you know, people that knew me and thought it was a good idea that wanted to come to classes. And even half of those people didn't actually come. So did get some people that came to classes and they really enjoyed it. They like it. Uh, they liked it. It just, just felt off, felt like it after a couple months, it felt like it just wasn't the right fit. Um, so backed up, punted, and that was right about the time where I started this podcast. And I said, fuck it, I'm going to buy a mic, I'm going to buy two mics, uh, get Jonah in here, and we're going to record a podcast. We've been talking about it forever. I literally listen to podcasts all day long. I love what they do. I think it's the uh, almost ultimate form of information intake. I really think it is. Um, it's it's a tough battle between reading and podcasts. Um, so let's, let's start one. Why not? And guys, it came so naturally. Uh, I was, people told me I was good at it. People listened and people liked it. It's still a grind. Um, I don't know how many listeners I have. I, I literally don't. I, I don't look at the number. I haven't looked at the number of listeners since probably early November. Um, I just don't look. It, it doesn't matter because this is what I want to be doing. But I know that there's more listeners now than what there was in November. I know that um, because people tell me. I know that people really like what I'm doing because people tell me. Um, in a matter of three months, I had so much more support rallying behind what I was doing than I ever did the gun business. 
um, it came so much more naturally than what the gun business did. I didn't have to, um, I have to practice and I have to prepare and it is a lot of work. I'm not saying that this is easy, but it just, it just flows. Unlike the gun business, I had to scratch and claw for every bit of progress in the gun business. And I don't have to do that with the podcast. It is a lot of work. I do have to scratch and claw to get guests on as you know, you know, now, um, I have to read like 30 pages of books a day. That's a lot. Um, that is a lot to get down, especially the dense books that I'm reading 30 pages a day. That's hefty. If you're not just blowing through it and reading for entertainment, I do notes in all of my books. I look things up as I'm going through the book. Um, not trying to say what was me, but it is a lot. Um, this is not easy, but it does come naturally. I think I'm relatively good at it. People tell me I am. Um, and people listen, people, people are here for it. So what am I trying to say here after the past? I don't know what, 10 minutes. What I'm, what I'm trying to say is that, um, start looking for those things in your life that you are, that come natural to you, that you really enjoy doing. Um, they come natural. You really enjoy doing and, uh, you're good at it. Um, start looking for those and, Dive into those things, uh, dive into those things and truly understand if it's going to be a viable option for you and something that you spend most of your time doing and bring it to bring it back to the beginning. People spend a lot of their time doing things that they don't want to do. And I don't understand that. I, I, I don't understand that. And people, a lot of times will say, well, you got to do what you got to do. Um, you know, I go and I dump trash, you know, work on the garbage truck because got to do what you got to do to support your family. Understand that. I get that. I've got to go to work tomorrow in a cubicle under some fluorescent lights that I'm not exactly super happy about. And I do my best at it when I walk in there and they give me an assignment. Uh, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And I don't want the other things in my life to suffer. So I do my best when I'm at work. I really, really try to. That doesn't mean that I give them every single minute of my life. That doesn't mean that I'm there till six o'clock because I'm not. Because at four o'clock, after I've made my money, I've got shit to go do. And one of these days, one of these days, um, it may be death, but one of these days I will not work in a cube uh, under some fluorescent lights. I, I won't. Um, I will make my money and do the majority of, I'll spend the majority of my time not doing that because I don't want to. Um, and so I've just been struggling with why people do these things. Um, understand you do what you got to do. Try to find, at least try and start looking for some other way that you can make your money and support your family. Because I promise it's out there, guys. I promise it's out there. If you like cutting up, uh, for me, one thing that I don't think, because I don't think uh, it's it comes naturally enough to me, and I don't think I would enjoy it at, at a scale, but it's cooking. Um, for, for me, it's it, like another option is cooking. Uh, I don't think I would really enjoy it at a higher level scale. Uh, but if I could make, um, a hundred thousand dollars a year cooking for four people at a time, um, without spending 20 years cooking for hundreds of people at a time, uh, then I would do that. Like if I thought there was a, 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 a path that wasn't really easy, but came naturally in order to do that. 100%. I would, I would do it in a minute because I love it so much. Um, a lot of people think that those things are out of reach that you, that you just can't make that work. And I don't know what your path photography, um, 
I've got a buddy whose girlfriend is is good at photography. I don't know. She might even listen to the podcast. Um, she's good at photography. Uh, she's not the world's best right now, and she knows that. But she could be. Um, she could absolutely. Photographers make millions of dollars a year. Some of them do. Um, going and selling their things. Okay, you could have your own photography business. Um, look for opportunities to exercise your passion. And how do I, before I get to, um, I don't know, how do I say this? Especially, let me put it this way, gender, genders be damned. Especially if you've got somebody else that is able to provide, that they're, they're working through their passion. Um, if you've got somebody else that is able to provide and you're set up like that, what, what are you doing working a job that you hate? You're injecting negativity into your life. That's exactly what you're doing. Um, if you've got somebody else that's reasonably able to provide, um, and you're not trying to follow your passion, even, even if you are the sole provider, um, tr- do your best to find something that you want to do and spend most of your time doing it. Uh, tr- try to get to that scenario. And I hope it works out for me. I'm not saying that I've had any super amount of success off of this pod. I don't make a fucking dime on this podcast. I am in the whole, let's see, $1,500 now on the podcast, at least, I think. Um, between gas to go see guests, um, which, you know, it was a pleasure of mine, but, uh, between gas and mics and equipment and, uh, you know, I'm doing some audio things to the room. I'm in the whole like $1,500 on this podcast. And I'm working my ass off to hope, hopefully it'll pay back in dividends. I mean, just exponentially pay back. Uh, but I'm in the hole right now. Um, so I can't tell you that this is 100% going to work. I may, you may find me in 30 years, uh, working a job I still hate. I hope not. I really hope not. Um, I'm, I'm doing my damnedest to get out of that. So find something that you really don't hate and uh, something that you really like to do, that you want to do every single day, that you want to spend most of your time on, and go do that. Try to go do that. I'm begging you because it's so hard, uh, number one, to watch myself do it because, again, <laughs> I go to work Monday through Friday at a place that, and if you're if you're at work listening to this, if you're my boss, I like what I do. I like the people I work with a lot. Um Project management, I'm, I think I'm kind of good at it. Creating schedules, I think I'm kind of good at it. Uh, I don't absolutely just hate going to work every single day. Um, but when I look at my life and I look at when I'm visualizing what I want to be at 50 years old or visualizing my life when I'm 50, I promise you project management is not on the fucking list. It's, it's just not. Um, I don't want to do that for the rest of my life. I don't want to work in a cube under some fluorescent lights. I don't want to work in an office for the rest of my life. So don't take this the wrong way if you're from work and you found the podcast. Um, but yeah, to other people, try to get out and find your passion and, and understand that the overall positivity and the enjoyment that it's going to bring your life, uh, doing your passion and, and putting more effort into what your passion is, it will pay back dividends. I think, I don't know. I think, um, if if you really dive into it and that's going to go into our next topic, on the envelope is going to be foot on gas pedal. Um, a lot of the people that listen to this are relatively young. Um, a lot of the people that listen to this, uh, you may have one kid, you may not have any kids, you may not even be married. 
we get preached to a lot. Um, I can think particularly like the day Ramsey's um, grandparents that wish that they would have started saving earlier. Um, people like that, that preach to young um young people coming out of high school and say, go get you a job that you can retire at this company uh, called Pantex. It's an absolute retirement. It's, it's heaven for retirement. Okay. Um, go work there for 20 years. You'll, you'll retire a millionaire. <laughs> that's everybody. Retire a millionaire. Um, that's number one over 60 years. That's not a lot of money. Just, I mean, over 10 years, uh, that's not, just a whole lot of money. It's it's really not. If you look at the grand scheme of things, a million dollars, it's a great goal that a lot of people will never achieve to have even even their net worth. I mean, even just, you know, accumulated assets and cash in the bank that people will never achieve a million dollars. And I'm not downplaying that if you have, because I haven't. But um, it's just not all that much money, especially if you're looking at being 65, having a million dollars. It's just not a lot of money. It's not. So what I basically what I want to say is to all you young guys out there, including myself, um, even some of the older guys like, look, don't. Yeah, I'll, I'll, even even some of the older people. Um, keep your foot on the gas pedal uh, to a certain extent for what you want to do. This, this goes back to the passion. Keep your foot on the gas. Um Keep doing things. Keep being consistent. Uh, I've never met somebody. I've never really met somebody that was living their life right. Um, you know, treating their marriage properly. Um, you know, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Being consistent in their life and keeping their foot on the gas pedal for something that they really believed in, something that their true passion was, and it didn't work out for the best. I'm not saying that they always had the most money. I'm not saying that. Uh, you know, they're, they made riches and that they didn't have hard times in their life, but I've never met somebody that, uh, didn't take their foot off the gas on something that they enjoyed doing and, and living their lives, right. That had a poor experience, um, that, or the, you know, that, that it was a complete waste. Let me put it that way. Never really met somebody that that's had that issue. So put your foot on the gas pedal. Um, this is in your marriage. This is in, uh, everything that you're doing, but especially your passion. If you're young right now and you think you want to start a business doing construction, um, I've got a buddy who is doing awesome down in Santa. He's, he's, I I can't stress to you how awesome this guy is. Um, doing work down in San Angelo with his construction business. Uh, the numbers that he's putting up is absolutely awesome. Um, he, he, he's putting his foot on the gas pedal in terms of work and, and money. He needs to, needs to put his foot on the gas pedal in terms of management. I'll say that. I know he listens to the podcast and he and I've talked about it, but, um, needs to put his foot on the gas pedal in terms of, of management, but he really stomped on the fucking accelerator and he's got like a finance degree. He could have sat back, gone into finance, done what everybody told him to do. Oh, go be an accountant. Um, Go do this, go to that, go be a finance manager for a company, sat back and retired a millionaire. Um, if this guy keeps 
keeps his foot on the gas pedal and keeps doing what he's going to do, if he keeps pouring into his marriage the way he needs to pour into his marriage, have a couple of kids, pour into his family, um, his faith, if he keeps pouring into his faith and developing um, his relationship with God, I think that's the right way to say it, um, and keeps developing his personal relationships and stays on the path, um, this dude will retire with so much money you can't even imagine. And hopefully a big ass ranch to accompany that that I can go hunt at occasionally. Um, that's that's what he's got in store for him because he's keeping his foot on the gas pedal. So if you're sitting comfy right now in a uh, in a cushy job, say you're making seventy grand a year or something like that, and uh, everybody around you, all of all of your um, friends and family are saying, "Oh, that's that's great. Just work this job and go and retire, and and uh, you you'll live a, an amazing life." Um, start looking at ways that you can put your foot on the gas pedal, um, especially if you're young. And what's going to happen is, and what I've seen, is that you're going to get to 40 years old and you're going to wish that you've been on the gas for 20 years. And then you're going to try to put your foot on the gas. And when you have mistakes, when you hit potholes, it's really, really going to hurt. And you're going to pull back from that even more. Um, don't wait until you're 40 years old to uh, to try to go out and start a business or to do your own thing. And a lot of people say, well, I'm just waiting to get experience. I'm waiting to get experience. I, I need the experience. Uh, listen, sir, the guy that you're working for now, he may have had a little bit more experience than you when he went into business, but I promise you that he didn't have all that shit figured out. Um, and you're going to succeed far more if you figure it out yourself and you learn those lessons the hard way. You're still going to make stupid fucking mistakes if you do it at 40 versus 23. You're still going to make stupid mistakes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Newsflash. You can have 20 years of experience. And, and how do I know this? Because I work with people on a daily... I've worked with people for four years. You work with people that have 20 years of experience and they do some stupid fucking shit. Okay. <laughs> they do stupid shit. Um experience does not always mean what you think it means. Okay. Experience means that they've seen a lot. Okay. You have to be able to relate that into lessons. Um, you have to, you have to, you have to, how am I saying this? You have to be able to learn from those lessons. Okay. Um, a lot of people don't do that. So just because you think that you've been in the industry for 20 years, or if you say, Oh, I'll wait until I've got 20 years in the business before I start my own, my own surveying company, um, or whatever it is. Um, wait, uh, how do I, how do I put this before I start my own, uh, whatever company, photography, business, surveying company. Uh, yeah, there's something to be said for that. Gain some experience. Let somebody else take some of the lumps off of your mistakes for a little bit. I get that, but also don't wait too long and don't wait till you've got a family and, uh, and a lot more to lose to put your foot on the gas pedal because it's going to make those bumps in the road a little bit easier. Um, yeah, I think that's what I've got to say. Keep your foot on the gas pedal. Um, 401ks are nice. Uh, I'm not telling you not to save your money. Uh, save. I don't save as much money as what I probably should have or what, as what I probably should. Um, but I'm hoping that it pays off. I'm really hoping that it pays off. Um, that being said, make sure that your family is taken care of. Don't keep your foot on your gas pedal for your career and neglect your family because that will bite you in the ass. It will bite you in the ass. Keep your foot on the gas pedal in as many aspects of life as, as what you can. Um, keep doing your best in every area. How you do one thing is how you do everything. But uh, keep, keep going, guys. Don't don't sit back because 
what I fear is that, um, what I fear is that a lot of guys are going to regret not keeping their foot on the gas pedal. They're going to regret not doing what they want to do. And I hope that I don't, I don't have that, that regret because it's, it's an easy trap to fall into. Um, a lot of times when you swipe, (laughs) when you swipe a card for a lot of money, um, for some podcast equipment and, uh, some sound panels that cost three times as much as what you thought they were going to cost. Uh, you start to have thoughts. You start to have revelations and saying, um, I've got a wife at home. Uh, this is money that could bail us out in the future. I've got a good job, um, a good career. What the fuck am I doing? And again, I, I really think keeping your foot on the gas pedal is going to help. I really think it is. Like I said, talking to myself, guys, um, really hope that you enjoyed it. We're coming up on an hour. I hope that this was of benefit, that the things that I've said have been beneficial. Um, maybe they haven't, if, if nothing else has been beneficial for me. So thanks guys. Thanks for listening. Tune into the purpose book club on February 1st. We're going to be starting meditations tune in next Sunday. I've got a, uh, what I think is going to be a pretty cool guest, uh, coming on. So that's all I've got guys. Thanks.